Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So like a second ground, he's hopeful. He's very hopeful that he's going to have a great harvest, looks so good, he can't see again what's under the ground. But again, here he's so highly disappointed to see when all those weeds and thorns just come up with the plants. And, and he came, and, and like the second ground, the plants were there, but there was no fruit. And what happened is it described in verse 7, the thorns sprung up. And those same words were used for the stony ground about the plants. They sprung up, and the stones sprung up, and they were aggressive. On the plants, and the thorns sprung up. They wrapped around and intertwined with the plant. Those runners from those weeds, and, and they found the good plants they planted, and they wrapped themselves around. They choked it. And I mean, you know, it's like the sower could hear the plant saying, Leave me alone. Get your grubby hands off me. You're choking me to death. So the plant dies. And again, he's discouraged. He's frustrated with these. It's been three times now. Very disappointing. But fortunately for the sower, The sower found that some of his seed fell on what was described as good ground in verse 8, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. So here the seed finds good ground. It's not hard packed. It doesn't have stones in it. It doesn't have the thorns that come and wrap around, choke. It's just good ground. It's free of that hard pack. It's free of the stones. It's free of the choking thorns. It reminds me of my rose garden, my house in 1987 when we first moved there. And my wife wanted to plant a rose garden in this patch of ground. It's about 10 feet by 20 feet. Been in my house, maybe you've seen it. But there was a problem with that ground, and it all had to do with a plant, a plant that I have grown to hate, this plant. It ought to be banned by the international group of plants if there is such a thing. But anyway, and, and that plant is called the asparagus fern. Anybody know what an asparagus fern is? Oh, okay, so you also know. Asparagus fern is like, it doesn't stay in one place. It's very invasive. You can't stop it. It just takes over. And so my wife wanted this rose garden to be free of all, every trace of asparagus fern. Because if it was asparagus fern, it was going to take over and it was going to choke the roses. So that meant that I had a job to do to remove every trace of this asparagus fern. You know, it's little roots, you know. And so I had to free up the soil from, from all the asparagus fern. Well, so that meant that, that I had to build a soil filter to, to filter out the asparagus fern, which was essentially a wooden box, you know, about two foot by two foot square, with a very fine mesh, you know, at the bottom, so that kind of like panning for gold. You know, so I take a shovel full of this dirt, and I put it in the box, and I shake the box, 
You know, the spare fern gets trapped on the top, and I get rid of that. You know, dig down two, three feet, if you wanted me to. That's one of the hardest jobs I ever did. You wouldn't think that was so hard. That was really hard. It was a terrible job. But in the end, the dirt, even to this day, is free of asparagus fern. So, you know, beautiful roses. That's the kind of ground that good ground was. Good ground just wasn't there. Good ground was prepared ground. First, it was ground that was, first of all, turned up. And then it was like upset. Ground was upset. And then the bottom became the top and so forth. And good ground was broken up. And the clods of dirt were broken down. There was air spaces in the soil. And good ground had all the thorns and asparagus fern, whatever, removed from it. That's good ground. And that's the good ground that the seed was cast into. And the results, verse 8, other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Tremendous harvest. Just like Isaac had this great harvest in Genesis 26.12. Genesis 26.12, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. It's all because the good ground was prepared ground. It reminds me of the farmers next to our compound in Ethiopia, and I used to watch them. They would use the ox, and they used the ox and plow, and they'd plow the land in this direction, and then they would plow it in this direction. And the whole ground, by the time they were finished, it was all broken up. It'd be turned over. And then the women would then go out, and they bend over, and they're, they're searching all through the ground for any kind of weeds and so forth and pulling it out. Good ground does not just happen. Good ground is prepared ground. And that's what the Lord Jesus is saying from this boat of this great crowd that's in front of him. He's describing the sower and the seed and the four grounds that the seed lands on, that falls on. And we can imagine the drama of the moment when all the eyes are fixed on him and everybody is waiting for the tie. So, okay, we we have the description of the sower and the ground and the seed. Where's the tie-in? How does that relate to my life? And where's the deeper meaning? And you can feel the anxiety. And then it was all waiting for him to explain all he says. In verse 9 is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And no one knew what he was saying. And no one understood the deeper meaning. And there was one word that he used twice in verse 9 that really was the message of the sower and seed. And it was the word hear. Hear. This is all about hearing. The parable of the sower and the seed is all about hearing. It's all about how you hear. And even the disciples, they didn't get the message behind the sower and the seed. And he was surprised that they didn't get the message. In fact, it says in in Mark 4.10, Mark 4.10, when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that without all these things are done in parables. And then he said unto them, know you not this parable? How will you then know all parables? The sower soweth the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they also likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And have no root in themselves, and so endure but 
for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. So, finally, they understand, oh, the sower is him. He is the sower. He is the Lord Jesus. He's the sower. The seed is the word of God. And the ground are the four different types of hearts of people. Everybody falls into one of these four grounds. These are the four different souls of people that are described as the four categories of their heart or the state of hearing of their hearts. The bird that devours the seed before it can even take any root, that's the devil. That's the devil. And just as the sower scatters the seed everywhere, so God's word is preached all over the world, just as he said in Mark sixteen fifteen, Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. We have Bob Brown with us here today. He's preaching the gospel in Indonesia to the creatures there. And just as the hard ground was the ground that had been trampled on and not able to receive the seed, so the first heart hearer is the category which represents the majority of people whose hearts are hard and the Word of God has no chance to take root. And they're the ones who hear the Word of God and say, oh, that's just religion. I'm not religious. That's just Christianity. I'm not a Christian. That has no relevance for me. Like a person said to me recently, he says, I believe man invented God. So he sees the Bible as the writings of men. That's the hard ground. And the tragedy that when these people do hear the word of God, because there's not an initial receiving, Satan comes immediately like the bird and takes it away from them. So they don't even give the word of God a second thought. They don't even give a second thought. It's gone, fine. And then, just as there was the stony ground that did host the seed, initially, these are the hearers of the word of God in their first response who say, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's divine. Oh, that's exciting. But these hearers do not take any time to deeply consider the Word of God. And they don't think about how God is speaking to their heart. You know, we start off our service this morning as we do every Sunday, and we say, we're going to take a few moments now of silent prayer, as God said, as we prepare our hearts for the Word of God. They don't do that. They don't do that. And the Lord challenged them in another place in Luke 9.43, Luke 9.43, where he said, they were all amazed at the mighty power of God while they wondered everyone at all the things which Jesus did. He said unto his disciples, let these sayings sink deep into your ears for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. His, his challenge was, let these sayings, let the word of God, let the word, my words, the words of the Lord Jesus, sink deep, not surface, deep. And the stony ground here, he doesn't do what Mary did. In Luke 2.18, Luke 2.18, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which they were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She listened and she grabbed a hold of it and she says, No, I'm not going to let that go from my mind, from my memory. And the stony ground here is not a day and night meditator. He's not a day and night meditator. Joshua was commanded by God in Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. The stony ground here is not a man of God. The man of God is described in Psalm 1-2. Psalm 1-2. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He's not like King David of Psalm 119-97. Psalm one nineteen ninety seven. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. David went on to say in Psalm 119, 114, 119, 114, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. So the stony ground here is not a person who just loses himself in the wonder of the word of God. He's not meditating, just like the hymn we sing, lost in wonder, love, and praise. He's not that type of person. He doesn't embrace the word of God and say, that word is more necessary to me than food. For me, it's the Bible before breakfast. It says in Job 23.12, Job 23.12, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He doesn't think through the word of God. He doesn't study. He doesn't try to absorb it. He doesn't try to memorize it. He doesn't try to keep it in his mind constantly. He doesn't love the word of God enough to keep him or her from being offended. This is what this Bible does. This Bible keeps us from being offended, offended by things which this person did this to us, and we're offended, and that person did this, and that person did that to that person, I'm offended. But the Bible protects from that. Not just the reading of the Bible, it's when the Bible is loved. When this book is loved, there's a protection from offense. That's what it says in Psalm 119, 165, Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So the stony ground hearer doesn't love the word of God enough for it to be a shield from keeping them from becoming bitter in life against this person or that person, or especially against God. And so when another person offends the stony ground hearer, stony ground hearer says, that's it, I'm not coming to church anymore. He becomes angry, or he wants to get even. And he will not forgive, and he harbors this bitterness. That's a stony ground hearer that doesn't embrace the word of God and love it, and therefore it's not a protection. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And then just as the seed fell into the thorny ground, and it did grow, but the third ground are the hearers that do love the word of God, and they do meditate in the word of God, but... And that's a bad but. Just as the thorny ground was contaminated, the thorny ground here has his heart contaminated with choking thorns. He has not filtered out all the soil like I had to do in the rose garden. He's not gone through all the hard work to remove all the seeds of the asparagus fern and the roots of the asparagus fern and the stones. There were also a lot of stones. And these choking thorns are described in our passage as the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, or as it says in Mark 4, 18 and 19, Mark 4, 18 or 19, Mark 4, 19, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and becometh unfruitful. Two categories for these thorns that choke. First category, the cares of this world. That's everything that is either written down 
or not written down that's inscribed in our minds as we must do this. We must not forget to do this. Don't forget this. This is the urgent list. And you never get to the end of that list because when you complete one thing, then two more things come on the list. Now, I have to pay the electric bill or else they'll turn off the electricity and all my food's going to spoil in the refrigerator and I'm going to starve to death. You know, I got to call so-and-so. I got to contact so-and-so. I got to take out the trash. I got to feed the fish. I got to have water the plants. I have to shop for this. It goes on and on. And the thorny ground is dominated by all those must-dos. And here's a test. Here's a test as to whether or not there's a problem with the thorny ground. When a person sits down to read the Bible, and then an urgent thing comes to mind, he leaves reading the Bible, and it's always, just a minute, Lord, I'll be right back. It never comes. I'll do better tomorrow, I promise. And it just repeats itself. The thorny ground is like Martha. Martha, she didn't make the choice that Mary chose in Luke 10, 38. Luke 10, 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he went into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbled about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou now care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter, therefore, that she helped me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, full of care, and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. What was that good part that Mary chose that was needful? She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So, and the second category of the thorns that choke the word of God are called the deceitfulness of riches. They're deceitful because they tell lies. They tell lies. Riches said, just get rich. Just get me. Just get riches and you'll get happiness in life. You'll be able to buy whatever you want. Just get rich. Just get me and you'll have peace in your life. You'll be free from all your worries which are all related to money. Just get rich. Just get me and you'll be fulfilled in life. Those are all lies because riches do not make a person happy. They make him anxious, anxious to not lose what he's got, as it says in Proverbs 23.5. Proverbs 23.5, Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Like my friend who told me recently, he said he sold his business, walked away with his business with $10 million in cash in his pocket. And then he said he invested in a development and lost it all. And then he told me, he says his great wisdom was, making money is not a problem. The problem is keeping it. (laughs) Well, the sad tragedy is that the pursuit of riches causes the thorny ground hearer to say to God, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. I promise. I promise. I promise just as soon as I make enough money and I'm set up for life, I'll get back. And the sad tragedy is the riches make themselves wing. They fly away. It never comes. But then there's the good ground here. The good ground here, who's just like the good ground, it just doesn't happen, it's on its own, it has to be prepared. And just as the good ground was upset and broken down, the good ground here, he allows the Lord to break him down, make him receptive to the word of God. Just as the good ground here screened, the street screened all those stones and those barricades were removed from it, the good ground here is constantly like a shovel full of dirt, shake it, constantly looking over his life for any sins, even the seed of sins, the roots. So the roots of bitterness, for example, springing up, many are defiled. He's always shaking for those roots, and they could develop into a problem. He's constantly removing these sins 
by constantly confessing these sins, by constantly repenting of these sins, as it says in Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23, a lot of work, Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And the most important resolution that we can make for this coming year is that we want to be a good ground hearer. Just as there was nothing wrong with the seed that the sower sowed, there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. And whether or not the Word of God brings fruit in us depends solely on the condition of our hearts. And just as the sower wanted the seed to take root, that was his intention. God sends forth his word and he will send forth his word in 2019 with the same intention that he has said in Isaiah 55.11. Isaiah 55.11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me droid. It shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And whether we are fruitful Christians in 2019 all depends on the soil of our hearts as hearers. So let's resolve. Let's make a decision today that for this new year, we're not going to be a hard ground Christian. We're not going to be a hard ground hearer. We're not just going to write off the Word of God with a flippant, I know that passage of Scripture. I learned that in Sunday school. I memorized it in the past. I can quote it by heart. And not give that passage a second thought as how it applies, what God is trying to say to us. Let's resolve that in this year of 2019, now, we're not going to be a stony ground here that doesn't deeply consider the Word of God. We're not going to just have this instantaneous, oh, that's wonderful, oh, it's heavenly, oh, it's divine, with no hiding of the Word of God in our hearts. As it says in Psalm 119.11, Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against, against thee. Let's resolve at this time of the New Year's to not be a thorny ground hearer, where the cares of this world, the urgencies, they choke the Bible out of our lives. Let's resolve to not let the pursuit of riches choke the Word of God out of our lives. Let's resolve now to be good ground hearers. We're going to work over the soil of our hearts to be free from sin, constantly screening, constantly looking, constantly screening the ground to free from sin, free from self, free from self-occupation, free from interests that rob us away from God, so that the Word of God will find its home in our good ground and grow in our hearts, and we'll bring forth fruit for God in 2019. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for its power. And thank you, Lord, for yourself to help us. We all need help, Lord. We need help to not be hard ground hearers, to not be stony ground hearers, to not be grounds hearers with thorns in our hearts, Lord. Help us, Lord, to do the hard work of preparing our hearts to be good ground hearers so that 2019 will be a year when you would say, best year ever. Fruit, look at all the fruit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Friendship with God Fellowship and Tom Cantor would like to invite you to our Seder message and traditional Passover dinner on Sunday, April 14th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Come join us for a special night of music, food, and a biblical perspective on the Passover Seder. Experience this event in our brand new venue, The Vine, located near the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. The cost of this event is $25 per person, and the last day to sign up is Sunday, April 7th. For more information, please call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 